Jonathan Lawrence. Great through for Fuller. Fuller's beaten Larson here. And Ricardo Fuller scored for Stoke. Ten minutes to go. And it could yet be a celebratory night in the Potteries. Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Wizards of Drivel podcast. My name is David Cowlishaw. Unfortunately, it's the international break. So with no Stoke game to discuss, this show is going to be a little bit different. It's a celebration of Stoke City fan media. Now, fan media can mean buying a copy of The Oatcake or Duck magazine at the ground. It can be watching a Bear Pit TV video, getting news from Stoke Loud and Proud, or even listening to this podcast. So in honour of fan media old and new, I had two chats. The first interview you'll hear is with Elliot Hackney, the head honcho at the Bear Pit TV, and now member of the Stoke City fans panel. The second is with Anthony Bunn from Duck Magazine, and before that, A View to a Kiln. Both are great lads who are genuinely passionate about their club and what they do, so we hope you enjoy this episode. Go on, Stoke. I'm now joined by Elliot Hackney from the Bear Pit TV. Elliot, thanks for joining us. No worries. So, the Bear Pit TV's uh, become quite a phenomenon. How did you get started? <laughs> Phenomenal is a bit of a strong word, but um, just got started really through there being nothing out there like it for Stoke fans. I mean, there was Arsenal fan TV, there was Liverpool fan TV, every club seemed to have their own except us. And, you know, I've got parents who live abroad, I've got a lot of family that, you know, can't make games, etc. There's nothing out there like that for them, really. Um, you know, and I thought it was about time that Stoke had uh, this sort of medium. So, uh, literally, uh, last season, uh, I think it was the second game in against Tottenham away, got it started, and it's just gone from there, really. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Arsenal fan TV there. Yeah. Uh, do you worry about being kind of tarred with the same brush? Now, we all know Arsenal fan TV, and it's quite often great value, but uh, do you worry about, oh, people thinking, oh, it's just a copycat kind of thing, or do you think, no, actually, we we, we do different stuff, we, we do kind of... Uh, our own thing yeah I think well I think every fan channel is going to have some stuff that sort of crosses over where you know like previews or you know all that sort of stuff but what I tend to do is not go down the Arsenal fan TV route of getting you know loads of fans on at the end of games you know and so not exploiting but you know getting those same fans on again that you know are going to be stupid you know they're going to do do something daft and you know can sometimes sort of represent the club in a bad light so I tend to steer away from that as much as possible. If I get someone on after the game, it's someone that you usually know, or it's someone that I know that can hold a conversation, uh, you know, isn't going to come out with something too outlandish or too ridiculous. Uh, but, you know, we, we tend to do like match day experience and away day experience, whereas those guys don't. You know, they after a game, they're, they're, they're sort of... Uh, content is just to, you know, grab as many people as they can and get them on afterwards. And, you know, we, we, we stay clear of that. What do you think the kind of perception is of kind of fan TV channels in quote unquote the mainstream media? Do you think they're becoming they're having uh, I don't know more prestige added to them? Do you reckon they're being taken more seriously? Yeah, definitely. Uh, they're growing and growing. Um, you know, and you, and you cannot see a lot of um, not hate, but traditional media are definitely worried about fan media and new media. Um, you know, we see this in some, sometimes in, you know, cases with the Senate, um, but also, you know, bigger outlets such as Daily Mail, um, the 
I know they've had runs with other uh, channels under the Ball Street Network, West Ham, Arsenal, Fan TV, you know, whether it's using their content without permission, running ads over the top, or, you know, at the end of the day, this new media and this traditional media, they don't mix very well. Um, I've only ever seen one positive article uh, written about fan, uh, fan TV and fan media, and it's it, it sort of shows the differences between the both, really. Okay, and do you- uh, I know you're on the Stoke City fans panel. Yeah. Uh, uh, how did how did that come about? Um, I saw uh, this season uh, as it, as it uh, wound up, they were you know putting forward for you know new faces, uh, new people to be elected to to the fan panel. And I spoke to Anthony Emerson, who's a supporters uh, supporters liaison sort of thing at the club, and he and he sort of put me in to go for it. Really, he said he, you know some fresh blood would be good. Um, someone who's week in week out with the fans knows you know a lot about the match day experience and what's going on with the club um, knows exactly what's happening on the terraces you know whereas some of the people on the board may you know be a little older it's a different type of day for them you know um, and they just want some new lease, lease of life really and you know I've been in there we've had one meeting so far uh, with Tony Scholes and some of the other members uh, of, of the club and they've been pretty productive um, and I've had my say about things that I think need to be changed or, you know, how Stoke can up their game. Um, because I think a lot of the time we still have got this small club mentality where, you know, there's a lot of things we could be doing a lot more. There's a lot of things we could do better. Um, and I've been very vocal about those sort of things. And, you know, hopefully we, we see those changes implemented pretty soon. Yeah. What, what kind of things do you have in mind then? What, what could we be doing uh, that's that's not a small club thing. Um, well, for one, the media team, but it's pretty common knowledge that you know we've got a really small media team at the moment. Um, you know, the club have sort of taken that on board already. They're having a new website next season. Um, you can expect a new website, new SCFC Direct website. Uh, social media is another one. Obviously, it's my strong point, and it's what I do for a living. Um, so you know, I can obviously pick up on ways we can improve on that. And you know, in comparison with some other clubs, as you know, we could do a lot better. We could do a lot more, but I do understand the struggles that the media team have as they're so sort of short-staffed or underutilised at the moment. You know, we don't have amazing coverage for the lays, for the youth, youth setups, um, and you know, those are all areas that we could improve really. Um, and then it's just other general stuff like, say, on a match day, if you, if you go down to the ground and you haven't got a penny in your wallet, you're a bit screwed. There's, there's no way of getting any food or pies because there's no other, no other form of tender. Uh, so, so that, that's an, you know just any anything from that match day uh, sort of thing all the way up to you know what what we're doing on the media. But there's a lot of things discussed. A lot of other of the board members have you know great points what they raise as well. And um, you know to, to be fair to the club, they've always got an answer. They're always willing to listen. They're always they're always happy to you know start trying to enforce those changes as long as as long as they can be done. Good stuff. Um, going back to the bear pit then, what's your relationship with the club like? Because I think unlike perhaps some other fan channels, you've had something approaching a relationship with the club in the past. Yeah, um, I went in and spoke to Fraser, um, who runs the media team, uh, a while ago now. Um, and, you know, a, a really big breakthrough for us was pre-season. We went out to Hamburg and we were actually... Um, had press passes, uh, which you know, which was a huge thing for something that's only been going for a year or so. Um, and you know, we have to thank the club for that. 
uh, Fraser put a word in for us with HSV, the club itself. But, you know, at the same time, we still have to, you know, we can have a relationship with the club, but we still have to keep the club at arm's length. They have to keep us at arm's length because at the end of the day, we're an unofficial fan channel. We're going to have voices. We're going to have opinions. We're going to have uh, things that, that was to say that the club might not like, to say about a bad performance or about a certain player who's not performing well. We will have these things to say. And I understand completely that uh, at the same time, they can't be seen to, you know, associate with us at certain moments. Say we are, say we, the bad run we went on at the start of the season and we had a fan on saying, Mark, you's out. They obviously can't be seen to partner with us because it's against what the club want to do. But at the same time, there is ways that they can help without, you know, such as the media thing pre-season. And hopefully there's a lot more to come in the future working with them as well. Yeah, I think that's a problem uh, that's been true of fan media, even going back to like, the, the early fanzines, like, even back to Oatcake in the early 90s or wherever it was started. They, they've always got to have this kind of standoffish relationship with the club. While, it'll be, yeah. while it's great to have interviews with players, potentially, or whatever, does, if that comes at the expense of you not having your own voice, then there's no point, really. Exactly. I'd never, I'd never like to sacrifice the honesty you know, and the views that we have, I'd never like it to become too official, uh, too friendly, because it, you sort of lose your tone of voice, you lose the authenticity that we have then. And I'd, I'd never, ever want to lose that. I'd never able to be, to not be able to, you know, crack a joke or say something funny that, you know, might push a boundary. I'd never, never want to lose that, really. The videos I think I, I watch the most, of, I watch most Bear Pit videos, but I think the videos I kind of enjoy the most are kind of the away day experience kind of videos. Yeah. yeah. What, what's your, yeah. how do you approach them? Do, do, do you do you have a, a big camera with you? Do, do you have to really charge up your phone uh, beforehand? Like, um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot of things that go into the, the videos. Not many people see it half the time because they just see me with, you know, either my phone or camera, but, you know, in, the, in my bag, I've got a microphone, I've got, I've got two phones, I've got a battery pack, I've got uh, another camera, I've got lights, I've got tripods, I've got all sorts, you know, sometimes I've had trouble getting into games, sometimes, um, you know, <laughs> I've, I've been to a game, whatever, filled everything and gone straight for a night out and I'm, <laughs> I'm out in Hanley with a backpack on, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot more to it, yeah, but you know, I, I do enjoy it. I do enjoy it a lot. And the way they experience videos and, you know, going on the way days are my favourite thing to do. With an absolute, no shadow of a doubt, they are the best because, you know, it, it's just an away day. Fun. It's a lot more, you know, singing, passion, booze than than, uh, than home games. So they're a lot more enjoyable without, without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, I've seen you've also recently uh, started uh, a FIFA 17 series. Uh, yeah, doing the journey yeah. with Stoke City. Uh, do, do you think? Do you feel under pressure to be quite good at FIFA? Um, I'm, I'm I'm okay against other people. It's this journey mode that I can't do. I can't play the computer. I, I hate playing against the computer. I only play FIFA to play against other people. So you know, doing journey mode was um, a strange one for me because you know that was the first sort of video FIFA video I've done by myself. But they, you know they went they went down really well. People really enjoyed them. Um, the last one we put out was the episode four, and we've, had, we've been sent on loan to Newcastle. I'm like, I don't want to carry on that. I, thought, I played this to be Stoke. I didn't play this to play up at the tomb. But uh, there might be another episode out soon if some people start asking me for one. Uh, do you have a favourite video that you've ever done? 
is there a video you kind of maybe uh, watch a few times even now you keep going back to? Um, there's a couple, yeah. Uh, the first ever away day video I enjoy watching just to see how far we've come <laughs> because the first one it was Tottenham away. Um, filming because uh, I, I was doing it by myself. I'm filming people's faces. I'm not even on screen because I couldn't get someone else to hold the camera. Uh, I've subtitled everything for some reason, um, and you know, and I did it. I did it a proper weird way, and I would go back and look at that and think. Jesus, we have come a long way, especially with the rebrand as well. We had a rebrand this season, new logo, etc. courtesy of Joe Barbieri, uh, who everyone knows, and unfortunately, and <laughs> uh, and yeah, we've come we've come a long way to be fair. Yeah, you, I was uh, going to come on to that. You've got a very kind of professional looking website. Uh, shout out to Joe's artwork, and one day he'll get the eyes right, I'm sure. <laughs> um, do, do you do you kind of do you see yourself as a professional outfit? Do, do you still see see yourself as like just just doing it for fun kind of thing? Oh no no, there's definitely professional side behind it. I take it very take it very seriously, but not seriously at the same time because obviously we have we do have a lot of a lot of lack laugh as well. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I've got a social media background. I'm used to this sort of thing, but. I, I sometimes forget how much work you're actually putting in. There's posts every day. You know, you've got Facebook, you've got Twitter, there's filming, editing. Uh, we've got all the shout out to the team of bloggers. We've got all the lads who do blogs for us. We've got uh, sponsors now. We've got, uh, you know, a relationship to uphold with them as well. Um, at the same time, you know, make sure they're getting everything out of what, you know, what they're supporting us for. Um, so, you know, at the same time, it's as we try and have a, as fun as much as we can because we never want to be too serious. It is, you know, a very professional sort of outfit, really. Good stuff. Um, so what does the future hold for the Bear Pit then? Are you are you going to kind of, do you have any big ambitions for what you want to do towards the end of the season? Do you have a, a big idea in mind? Yeah, I've, I've always got things on the, on the, on the brain and new ideas because I'm one of those people who never sit still. I never accept where we are. Um, it's good enough. Um, I'd never... I never say, you know, this is the final product. We're not, nothing's ever going to change. And in the meantime, one thing I do want to do uh, is a big charity event. Um, I've been speaking to a couple of places for locations, still trying to find out where we can uh, sort of do it. It's going to be with Dougie, uh, for the Dougie Mac Hospice. Um, and what we're hoping to do is a 24-hour uh, football game, which is also going to be live streamed throughout. <laughs> um Hopefully get some legends along and all sorts of things going on during. And me and Craig will be playing for 24 hours with two different teams. People can come and join in uh, throughout, sort of book a slot to come and have a game of football. And at the same time, everyone who gets involved is raising money for the same cause. Um, so hopefully we could have that next year at some point, maybe when it's warmed up. Because I don't want to be playing at 4am in this weather in, in the winter. Excellent. Uh, sounds really good. Uh, finally, then, um, what's Wilco's house like? <laughs> Very nice, absolutely beautiful, oh, as you'd expect from a, a property developer. Uh, he's, he's got an, he's got an arguably nicer one right next door, or a couple of doors down that he's uh, developing. Um, but yeah, it's, he's, he's got a nice house. Him and Emma are uh, top top people, you know, in the Viadas round. I've known Emma for quite a while uh, through you know sort of high school and all that sort of stuff, and they. To be fair to him, I really appreciate what they did for us. You know, they gave us, that was our first sort of proper player interview, um, you know, around when Wilco was retiring. 
last season, you know, in a heck of a testimonial. And, um, you know, props to those guys for, you know, letting, letting us go and set up in the, in the kitchen. Does he still live in Stone or does he live like all the footballers out in Cheshire somewhere? Um, it's that posh area past Trenton. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, right. Really upmarket, nice little area. Uh, I can't, I've got no idea what it's called. It's got a weird name. Okay. Well, um, Elliot, thank you for being one of the few pottery accents we've actually heard on this podcast so far. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good luck with the bear pit for the rest of the season. We'll, as always, keep an eye out for your work. Thank, thank you very much for joining us. Cheers, Dave. No worries. I'm now joined by Anthony Bunn from Duck Magazine. Anthony, you're you're fairly well known in uh, Stoke circles for Duck Magazine and A View to a Kiln before that. How did you get started in fanzines in general? Uh, Well, back in in the day, which is a phrase I use a lot, late 80s and early 90s, when the the fanzine uh, scene was... uh, was buzzing really. Every club had one or two fanzines. I was, I was a bit of a, still am a, a, a fanzine nerd. Um, done quite a lot of grounds watching Stoke, and at virtually all the grounds, I got their fanzine. Um, and then we got our own, obviously, with the Oat Cake. And over the, you know, the, the well, well over two decades now, three decades that uh, it's been in existence, I did quite a lot of writing for the, for the Oat Cake. And then I just decided to bring uh, a view to a kill now. Uh, when I was, we just had our first child and basically it was up all night, you know, doing bottles and whatever. And I thought, well, I might as well just keep writing while I'm up. I'm one of them people, that if, I get, if I get up in the night, I just stay up, to be honest. And uh, so I just I just thought I'd do that. And then uh, and Duck came along three, three and a half years ago with Lee. Um, and we just basically, well, we've been big mates for a while and just said we, you know, we wanted to produce a magazine that we'd want to write, uh, sorry, want to, uh, to read ourselves and by ourselves. So... And that's how Duck got going, mate. But like I say, I'm a, I'm a real fanzine nerd. Back when, used to go to sports pages back in London and Manchester in the day and, and buy loads from there. Yeah, it, I, I think it's quite telling there that uh, you uh, mentioned that it's a magazine you'd want to read yourselves. It's, it's very much, um, it reads like a kind of passion project, if you like. It, you, you're not trying to fill any particular niche. You're, you're trying to write something for yourselves that's also entertaining for a lot of other Stoke fans. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's no point in bringing out a certain type of magazine, such as, you know, the, the Oatcakes comes out for every home game, so there's no point in doing one which is as topical as the Oatcake, because, you know, they, they've got it nailed. Um, they can, you know, they've got, uh, they can produce a magazine which can talk about a game a few days ago, so, you know, there's no point in us doing that when they're doing it so well, so... Uh, so we, we just wanted to write one really where articles could be read in a year or year two's time and probably still be as relevant to be honest. So we do a lot of a lot of stuff on you know not just the football but full football culture and music and you know and, and interviews as well. So stuff which this is going to sound really pompous but is is quite timeless in a way. It's not well it's not time specific. So uh, I mean the, you know the article you sent us for this current magazine on uh, this current issue on Man City can easily be read in five six years as it could uh, on Saturday against Bournemouth. 
Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's uh, very very true of Duck. What what made you come back to uh, producing fanzines then? Because there was a bit of time after Avtac and before Duck where mm. uh, that there wasn't a, a second. Well, I, I'm not saying you're the second Stoke fanzine or, or anything like that. But there weren't, oh, no, there, weren't two, there, there weren't two Stoke fanzines. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It just. Um... Me, me and Lee worked together, uh, and we both wrote for the Oat Cake, and we just, we just, you know, we, can, we carried on after it wasn't as though like we, we were gonna, you know, ro- you know, do one in, in competition to the Oat Cake. That's just, that's just pointless. It was never good about that, and we carried on writing for the Oat Cake as well for some time. We just wanted to produce um, a magazine, probably more, more than just a fanzine. Um, like I say, the Oat Cake is, corners one market and does it really well and always has done and always will do. You know, it's a fantastic magazine. We wanted just to do something different. So on a match day and and also when people got home from the match and during the week that Stoke fans had had you know a range of media outlets they can you know they can access. I mean, that, I think that's important in this day and age that there's now you know you've got yourselves and Bear Pit and Stoke Loud and Proud and other other people that there's a really good range now you know of, of fan culture media at Stoke which. So it was born out of that, really. But the main one was we sat we sat down one day in the office at lunchtime and just said, do you fancy producing a magazine, like I said, that um, we'd actually go to a, a shop and buy ourselves? So, you know, that, that's what we tried to do. Yeah, and, it, and, and certainly in terms of the content you produce, you've been very successful in that. I'm thinking particularly in terms of, as you mentioned bef- uh, before, uh, the, amount of, the amount of interviews you've been able to get with uh, former Stoke players and media personalities or whatever and <laughs> yes. uh, this this is a great opportunity to plug the forthcoming issue with joe allen yeah um uh is it sheer persistence in getting these guys to sit down and talk to you yeah there's there's no magic formula we're not in with the club or or we don't know anybody in particular um we just um we always try to be nice people um whatever we do whether we you know we we'll, we'll try to talk to you know, whether it's Michael Owen or if it's just somebody who buys the magazine, we're the same, the same kind of people. We are, we're nice, non-threatening, uh, non-confrontational people. We build up good relationships with, with people, and uh, and, and and not be funny. We just co- we just contact them. Um, you, you know, we we I think we're the one one of the big things we've done is try to. You know, we, we write positively. We, we you know we, we're not a negative magazine, and uh, I think it's easier to get interviews when you, you're seen as as positive um, and. Basically, we, we just use social media. We use whatever we can to, to try and get interviews, especially with the older players. I mean, the, the, it, it's harder the current players because obviously they're contracted and they're not going to say anything too controversial. But when you can get the likes of Dennis Smith or Ricardo following in front of you, um, and I mean Ricardo, crack, we literally had to send him home because he was there for three or four hours. We couldn't get rid of him, and <laughs> and uh, they have stories, you know, real, you know, stories to tell from their days of playing. And once you get them onto a subject. They're so passionate about it. Um, so, that, I mean, it's a real perk of the job. I mean, people think I gave gave my job up as a, you know, in teaching to be to do duck, and I didn't. No, I never did that at all. We don't sell enough for that, Craggy. And uh, But what I did do it for was the perks of the job of meeting players, current and ex, or meeting really nice people. Um, so, yeah, there's no, no magic formula. I mean, some people think, oh, Craggy, we're in with the club, or this, that, and the other. No, not at all. We, we just... Uh, we just write positive stuff, uh, and, and and a persistent, yeah, persistence is a good word. What you use just in the question, 
Um, but you can only be persistent if, you, if you've been nice to people and you've been positive from the off. If you upset people on social media and whatever and then ask for an interview, they're going to you know, tell you where to go. So, yeah, no magic for me. Plus, plus I'm, I'm a writer as well. That's my job now. So my job is to, is to contact people and try to get interviews, not just for Duck, but for other magazines as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, of those interviews, then, uh, you've got a real it mix, as I say, of uh, yeah. you know, people off the telly, former Stoke players, current Stoke players. Is is there a a way of getting a good story out of someone, or is it just it depends on the person on that day? Because, as you mentioned there, I, I imagine Rick, when you get sit down and talk <laughs> to him, w- will be a great laugh to talk to, and maybe a current Stoke player be a lot difficult is 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 there a is there a way of te- teasing you know a no, no. I'm, I'm not an interviewer I'm, you know um what they see is what kind of uh, they see they see a stoke fan in front of them who's passionate um and who does a little bit of research um and and, and ask questions i mean we go on twitter and ask people you know what would you say you no know, one one we're bone idle and number two you know stoke fans have got far better questions than we could make up so we we use the the resources we've got, but we go on to the Stoke fans. But um, I think once we get the interview with the players, I'm doing it with the current players are, you know, the ones we've met are really sound. They are. I'm not just saying that they are really decent people. Uh, we've not. I've not sat in front of someone and thought, "Crikey, this is hard going." And they, um, you know, the, you know sports, not just football, is full of stories. That's what, what it's all about. And uh, there's not an art to it, but they will talk. That, that you know, they will open up. You don't have to be a brilliant interviewer or whatever. Just go in. I go in with a couple of pages of questions prepared and, and this, that and the other. But I think they see that we are, like I said before, we're, we're quite nice people and also we're, we're passionate about what we do. And, you know, we're on their side. We don't, we've never stitched anyone up in an interview and we never will. That's not what we're about. We're not, we're, we're not looking for scoops, you know, or whatever. We run everything past the player after or whoever it is. We'll send them a copy before it goes to print. So they're 100% happy with it. But, you know, they... they it's uh, like I say, it's, it's just a massive perk of the job. So we can't go in unprepared um, because, especially current players, their times, especially you know, it's pretty precious. We normally, you know, they normally have a, a fifteen twenty minute slot to do the interview, so we can't waste a couple of minutes just uh, asking them any old rubbish. To be honest. Yeah, yeah, I think that's uh, I think that comes across it in, in the interviews as you were. <coughs> to be honest, um, you meant you mentioned a. Uh, before about sort of the fanzine culture and yeah. uh, going to other grounds and seeing and picking up a fanzine. Are there any particular favourites that you'd perhaps recommend or have always struck you as being yeah. Uh, pres- yeah, yeah. Uh, well produced? Yeah, I mean, put, putting you know, any club rivalries or hatreds aside, the, the two best ones for me, United We Stand, which is uh, Man United's fanzine, which has been going on for a couple of decades now is absolutely outstanding. I mean, if you want to get hold of it, you sell it in Tesco in Hanley. <laughs> put aside the fact that it's Man United, it is a brilliant magazine. Absolutely brilliant. And um, Not that we would ever compare ourselves to them, but they, they for us, are the benchmark. Um, current benchmark of a printed magazine. They're outstanding. Uh, and the editors are lovely, like called Andy Mitten. We've, we've, we've had a beer with him a couple of times. He lives in Barcelona. He's living the dream, Andy. Lives in Barcelona and... Uh, Produces a fancy. He's probably, you'd say, one of the more local Man United fans, I suppose. But uh, 
Yeah, yeah, I thought I'd get that in. No, the good people. And we met them at the, the Fanzine Awards a couple of years ago. They are sound. They go everywhere with United. Mancunians, go with United. They're like me and you. And then the other one, which is a, a fantastic magazine, Fanzine, now it's just in PDF format, is When Skies Are Grey, which is the Everton Fanzine. They went to digital only about, I think it might be a year or two ago now, but it's still an absolutely brilliant read. Uh, again, we've met the editor. The editors, great people, uh, go home and away, knowledgeable. Uh, it's it's a shame they you know they went away from print, but that that that's kind of the way a lot of magazines have gone. Other ones which are really good, if you get a hold of Barnsley's West End Bogs, um, which is really really good. They're they're a, they're a very read. funny uh, follow on Twitter. Our West End Bogs. They're a good follow on about. Twitter. Most of the fanzines on Twitter, yeah, are really good as well. Uh, there's a non-league one called uh, View from the Allotment End, which is North Ferriby United, which is a really good read. Chester City have got a cracking one. Um, it's steadily coming back a little bit now. Uh, most clubs are... I'm sure I've missed one out, one or two out there as well. Leeds is uh, decent as well, the square ball. Uh, Stand is obviously a decent read. So there, there, there's a lot of quality reading now. Um, you know, I think... And a lot. Which puts a lot of the national magazines and, and, and the national media to shame with regards to football writing. Oh, the Football Pink as well. I can't miss them out. Absolutely brilliant magazine, the Football Pink is. Yeah, um, I think one of my favourite things about sort of fanzines in general is the kind of enthusiasm people have when they, even if they've just contributed an article to them, you know, they'll, they'll enthuse about it. I remember I went to Newcastle away a couple of seasons, a couple of seasons ago, where uh, Crouch scored in the last minute for us, and yes. I was I was in the the pub at Newcastle Station, and bloke spotted my Stoke shirt, talked to me about the game for a bit, and was like, "Oh, I've written for this Newcastle fanzine, uh, the Popular Stand." To, uh, to popular, yeah, popular side, yeah, yeah popular yeah. side, yeah. Sorry, uh, to give him a shout. out. And he was like, he basically uh, thrust this magazine into my hands and signed a copy for me. And he'd, he'd only written an article in it, but it was—it's that—it's that kind of thing of just uh, just being immensely proud of it, even if you're only contributing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just yeah, just putting then on. I mean, Saturday's issue. I know we've got Joe Allen interview, and we've got Carl Dickinson doing an interview. But we've got, like you say, you said, the pieces we have off. From you know, from young kids who are at college who will write, who want to write, to people you know of my age and above who want that they they really um, strike a chord with us. Um, uh, Saturday's issue, we always say it's the best. Yeah, it is. I mean, Saturday's I think is easily our best one we've done. There's a piece from Lee, Lee who does the magazine with me, but he's written it as though it's not kind of his magazine. It's um, he's just he's just a lad who sent it in. It's an app called Abusing My Religion. It's a brilliant piece about Twitter. And Stoke fans on Twitter, it really is a great piece, um, which probably deserves a, a bigger and uh, much bigger audience than, than he's going to get from from us on Saturday. But like you say, we get a buzz off the the old lady who sends us a piece. We get we get uh, pieces off all you know everybody, all kind of Stokies and non-Stokies as well. And we never, I don't think we've ever not included a piece to be honest. That's that's great stuff. Um, you meant you briefly mentioned about. Uh, the Everton fanzine who went kind of all digital and I know mm. a couple of duck issues have been uh, digital only or, P- digital. Or, P- or PDF uh, format. Yeah. Uh, have you found that easier? I imagine 
I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I imagine you you kind of prefer the traditional uh, selling your magazine at the ground thing. But are, are there other advantages to going digital, if you like? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're digital only, then you don't have to be a 48-year-old bloke standing out in the car shouting your head off for three hours. Um, <laughs> I mean, I can, I, I, I'd be amazed if we ever don't have a print presence. I'd be amazed. I'm, the, I know this is going to sound really, you know, what's it, uh, I'm trying to think of the wordy, but to pick the to pick the mag up from the printers, and a lot of fanzine editors will say this, you pick it up from the printers and the smell of it and the feel of it and the rush you get, and then, and then selling on a Saturday... I mean, as long as it's dry, when it rains, it, it's, it's not a nice thing to do. But the, you get your regulars, you get your new, the conversations you have. The best part of match day for me now, by far, is selling the mag rather than the match. If someone said to me, you can either kind of go watch the match or sell the magazines, I'd probably sell the mags, to be honest. It's a massive buzz. It really is a massive buzz um, because we meet, we've met some ace people from it. And selling it away, that's what I love, is I'm selling it away from home at your Goodison's or Liverpool or wherever or Watford in a couple of weeks to, to stand outside in a way turnstile and shout, you know, the name of the magazine. It does give me a real pride, to be honest. So I can see why people go digital only. When you get to a certain age, it's hard. And the printed word, you know, has suffered in the last decade or so because of the internet. But it's coming back and... It's not the same. I'm 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 sat here now. I'm, I've got me me little boy's iPad. I ain't got an iPad, and he will read off that. I can't read off it. <laughs> I I I need something physical. When I see people on holiday with Kindles reading, I kind of want to slash them in the pool. <laughs> they need. I mean, Lee went on Radio Stoke and said the best thing about having a, a printed magazine is you can and it, it come out the wrong way is that you can sit in the bath or lie on the bed with something physical in your hand, uh, which didn't sound brilliant on radio <laughs> smoke. Uh, but, but he's right. He's right. A Kindle or, you know, don't get me wrong. We sell it and people buy a lot of, of the digital issues. And we're so grateful we are um, because that's the way of the world nowadays. That's how people, you know, read it on the tube or whatever, or on the bus and this, that and the other, on the toilet, wherever. But we will always have a printed presence. I'd be, I think, yeah, I, I'm 99 certain that if we ever, we wouldn't ever go just digital. You've also um, sold a few uh, bits of merchandise, kind of through the magazine, if you yeah. like. Uh, I've noticed uh, yeah. duck bobble hats and and all yeah. sorts. Really, is that just kind of? Do you see that as a bit of fun, just uh, doing a bit of a fashion thing on, on your side? It, do, does that kind of support the magazine, those uh, merchandise? Yeah, yeah, we, we, yeah, we, we want to produce stuff that we we would wear as well, or or we like. Uh, we're not going to bring stuff out we don't like. Um, we bought some bubble hats out recently, which sold out, which somebody else did for us. So we haven't sold them ourselves because we knew uh, they were totally different than what we've done before. We love doing the t-shirts. It gives me when I go away from home. When I went to West Ham and we saw a few of the bobble hats, that gives me a buzz as well. Uh, and you know, like I say, what you, you know, match day isn't just kind of the ninety minutes. It's kind of the music, the lads, the mates. You, you know, you go with your mum and dad, whoever, whatever. It's, it's, it's the ritual, the routine, and and what people wear for a lot of people is is kind of a key to that as well. Um, but. I love I love bobble hats. I, I just love. It. I know it sounds really weird, and you know, need probably need locking up for it. But bobble hats are ace, and there's, there's some companies who make some great. I mean, there's one called Spirit of Fifty Eight who 
who do Wales stuff. They just do stuff for the Welsh team. And their stuff is fantastic. It kind of makes you wish you were Welsh and supported the Welsh team. It's that good. And I was chatting to the Welsh FA the other day, who were massive supporters of them. And the, and the big supporters of them, they're quite right. They said they, they were producing great stuff, but they were doing it when we were rubbish. So it's not like they've cottoned on to, you know, the Bale and Ramsey and Joe Allen, great team they've got. They were doing it three, four years ago when they were absolute rubbish, and he, you know. And, but they were producing great stuff then. And on Saturday, this is how things can grow. The game against Serbia yesterday on set, in one of the stands, Spirit of 58 actually were given a stage to put bands on and DJs inside the ground. Now, that's, that's just brilliant. And if you watch a Wales game, every all the bobble hats, all the bucket hats are Spirit of 58. And that, I mean, I'd love to, you know, be on a scale like that. These selling thousands, we never will be. But I just think that's really great. Um, I kind of, the whole country's cottoned on to, it's kind of like a fanzine for your head. Um, <laughs> yeah, because that's, so, that's a good analogy. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, you, we could produce stuff and keep churning stuff out all the time. And, you know, people would hopefully buy it. But we're not like that. We, would, we want to bring out some quality stuff. Um, I mean, if, you know, we work with Joe Barbier, who a lot of Stoke fans will know, does uh, does a sales and does has done your logo and has done other logos. He's amazing, and the, I mean the latest cover was just literally jaw dropping. And since since that was put up on the internet on Friday, we've had so many. Um, can we have a T-shirt done? And can we have blah blah blah? Then you know we could quite easily you know go down that route, but we don't we don't want to. We don't want to saturate it. We want to produce stuff. We might do the T-shirt. It is such a great design, but it won't be done until January, February, and it's up to Joe as well. But I, I like I like seeing you know people wearing our stuff. To be honest, so uh, yeah, it's it's something we'll always do. We'll always do merchandise as well too. I love little badges and the stickers as well. Saw a few stickers up and around uh, West Ham the other week. Yeah, I've got a, um, I've got a couple of uh, duck stickers on my laptop that I'm using to record on at the moment. I've got the uh, Bojan sticker on there. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do the Joe Allen cover as a sticker, but obviously people must remember they've got to stick it responsibly. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, Joe Barbieri's name came up in the interview I've done with Elliot from the from the Bear Pit because he does all the yeah. stuff there. So his his head will uh, expand rapidly listening to this episode. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll uh, continue to produce good stuff. And also, uh, I've got to mention the most recent duck bobble hat is the sort of. 70s away kit inspired one the white with the yeah, yeah. And that that's a great looking hat as well so uh yeah we, we love that hat i mean like you say another company produced it for us who were it's it's a, a, like called reuben fletcher who's a newcastle fan who's, who's in charge of the sock council he did our denny smith socks he, and then people say, oh god socks are expensive blah blah They're, the quality is fantastic and we love we just love how they look and we couldn't do that hat as well as he could. And I'm sure we could have, we could have tried that a go. We could have probably made a lot more money from it if we'd have done it ourselves. But that's not what we're about. We wanted to produce something which is really, really good quality. And he's, you know, we saw a few hats at West Ham and we were just dead chuffed with people, you know, and the, and the feedback we've had off. And so that, that's the road we're going to go down with merchandise. OK, fantastic. And uh, just finally, before you go, I'll give you a... Another chance to uh, to plug the forthcoming duck issue, like uh, what can, what articles have you right. got in it? Yeah, uh, we've got. I'm going to get the contents list out. Uh, let's have a look, so I don't miss anyone out. Yeah, 
Okay, we've obviously got Joe Allen interview, which is you know, people see it as the main the main part of the the magazine. It's great we got one because Joe doesn't do a lot of, of press, to be honest. Um, doesn't do many interviews at all. But we had a an interview with Carl Dickinson, um, great bloke. Uh, in fact, we had a great great couple of hours of him. So that's a it's a shortened interview because it was for an interview for another magazine who wanted it, a national football magazine wanted a piece on Dicko. But I got. Got the important questions in about Stoke and his, uh, his friendship with Wilco and playing for that lot down the down the D road as well. And then we've got pieces uh, such as let's have a look. Oof. Yeah, Rob Doolan. Oh yeah, we've got Rob Doolan's done a piece on Jerry Taggart, a homage to Jerry, Jerry Taggart, which is I mean Rob Doolan, right to the oak cake. And I think if Stoke fans have read his stuff, we'll say he's one of the best Stoke yeah, writers. Is, yeah. In fact, one of the best one of the best football writers out there. Um, he, he needs to be writing full time for a living. Rob does he's outstanding. We've got a, a cradle to grave piece, um, mate of mine, Ian Bradshaw. We've got your great piece on Man City and their relationship with Stoke City. We've got other pieces such as uh, Andy Cook, not the Stoke player, but um, the, the, the lad behind Entrepreneur Shop and Clay Pizzeria and Teaspoon. He's one of the big movers and shakers in Stoke on Trent at the minute. We've got a great piece, like I said, by Lee about uh, Twitter Stoke fans on Twitter. Having a bit of a go at the team, which might rattle a few people up. Uh, we've got the diary of the season. We've got we've got so much, mate. So we've got a piece on Saint Etienne. We've got a piece on Watford away. So it's um, it, it's it's the best one. We've, it's the best all round magazine we've we've produced. We think, uh, like we say, Joe 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 Allen was the the cherry on top, you know, because he is the man of the moment, and to get. Get an hour with him on Wednesday night was uh, one. It's quite a rare occurrence, like I say, to get interviews with Joe. He's quite a quiet, private individual. Very, very bright and articulate. He's absolute credit to our football club, to be honest. Um, and uh, yeah, just we're just hoping, praying for a dry day on Saturday. Uh, and like I say, I think you know if Stoke fans can find it in the heart to, to fork out two fifty, uh, I think they'll find it worthwhile on Saturday. Salas will be out. I'll be there from 12 o'clock and the other Salas will be there from about half half one. So looking forward to a dry day. Three points and some good sales on Saturday. Absolutely, mate. Uh, I think your kind of infectious enthusiasm should convince them to part with the £2.50, is it? Uh-huh. £2.50? It yeah. is. Uh, £2.50. And we, we, I mean... We, we, we realise on a match day there's a programme, there's the oak cake, there's us. You know, it, it, it can be a do do. Um, that's all we, we, you know, we're going three and a half years and we've kept it at 250. And for a colour printed, glossy mag, printing costs, although we've got a great company in graphics who do it for us, you know. So we, we try to keep it as reasonable as possible. Like we say, we, we think there's lots of reading in there. And if you go home with uh, the oak cake and, and, uh, and duck in your pocket, you know, you're pretty much sorted for the next few days, to be honest. Anthony Bunn, uh, thank you very much for joining us. We'll see you later. Pleasure, mate. Have a good night, mate.